This is episode 217 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life. Today's articles are Prepper Psych 101, The Law of Universal Precautions, Prepping with a Chronic Illness, Impacts and Adjustments, and Conflicted, New Government Laws, What Would You Do? Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, did you know that you can make sure that you get the Prepper Website Podcast delivered to your preferred device without fail? We make it very easy for you to subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or any other favorite podcast network. And if you do feel you are receiving value from the podcast, we appreciate your kind reviews. Hey, let's go ahead and jump right into the articles today. Our first article comes to us from Beans, Bullets, Bandages, and You. And again, the title of the article is Prepper Psych 101, The Law of Universal Precautions. We wouldn't be preppers if we didn't believe that we might meet a black swan. Black swans are so uncommon that statisticians use the term to refer to very rare events. We prep for black swans, EMPs, pandemics, etc. Because we understand they can and sometimes will occur, you may feel sad about our superior to or both those poor suckers who fall for the normalcy bias, the natural human tendency to believe that things will always happen like they usually happen. When preppers get into trouble is when the normalcy bias teams up with the availability bias. The tendency to pay more attention to things that come easily to mind than things that don't. Dramatic things get our attention and come easily to mind. There's the EMPs and pandemics again. Less dramatic things like accidents that affect only one or a few people at a time don't get our attention. Being common doesn't even make those accidents make much of an impression on us. They're hardly even news until they happen to you. How many preppers have a get-home bag in the car in case there's a terrorist attack that forces them to walk home, but still check their phones while they drive? Yet, distracted driving, phones being the biggest distraction, kill more people than drunk driving. Say you're an awesome driver, and there's less than one in a thousand chances that that second that you glance at the phone will be the one second where the kid or the deer or the other driver invades your lane. How many times do you suppose you glance at that phone in the course of a year or three? Each tiny risk adds up over time, making a bad outcome, sometimes pretty darn likely. That's where the law of universal precautions come in. I learned it my first day working with potentially infectious materials. You treat every single sample as if you know for sure it's infectious, because sooner or later you will be right. You just don't know when... Every gun is loaded. Salty and I get laughed at for checking every gun we're handed, but he's done that with an quote-unquote unloaded pistol and had a hot round pop out. Every critical piece of equipment will break, which is why two is one in prepper world. Every drive will have the guy in front of you slam on his brakes at maximum power for zero reason. Every water source is full of cholera. Okay, I give certified potable water a pass on this one. The knife will slip during every cut, so don't have body parts in its path. You get the picture. Does that mean we live in fear of these potentially tragic events? Heck no. It'd be a waste of a good life to worry over so many small probabilities. The trick is to develop habits 
such that the black swan doesn't get a chance to bite you in the rear. Swans are mean, by the way. I didn't get advance notice the day I needed my seatbelt to not be launched full speed through the windshield, but I was wearing it. I hope you do too. I like this article because it talks about building the habits and just realizing that life happens out there. And he's so right. You know, there, there's there's so many things that we start preparing for. We have our eyes on the big things, the EMP, the nuclear war, the pandemic. We're, you know, we're waiting for whatever to happen. And, and really, a lot of the time, it's the little things that catch us by surprise. But there are some things in life that if you can make habits, like I love that idea of the infectious disease, treating every disease like it's infectious, right? And making sure that you uh, you have procedures in place, whether you are carrying just, you know, something that's, that's no big deal or you're carrying a, a very, uh, you know, highly contagious, whatever it, it might be, virus, bacteria, whatever, just being, you know, having those procedures in place. You know, every time, again, you pick up a knife, making sure that there is a, w- a certain way, you know, procedures and habits that you use uh, when you do that, just to uh, to make sure that you minimize anything that could possibly go wrong. And so I think that's uh, just a, a great way to live and uh, to put habits in, in place. You know, uh, people, most people would tell you this is just common sense. The problem is, is that common sense isn't too common anymore. Uh, you hear that all the time. And so, you know, the the thing about the loaded gun, uh, how many, how many, how many videos do you see on on uh, Facebook where people fail of the you know when they're doing their guns? I mean, you've seen the one where the guy is at a gun range and the gun is not firing for whatever reason, right? It's two people that are there in you know in, in one lane and it's not firing and it's whatever it's not it's not going off whatever. The guy puts his hand in front of it and pulls the trigger. Like, you know, I, I don't know what he was thinking. And it goes off. It just happened. That, it just happened to be that one time when he put his hand. I mean, he's pulling the trigger. He's doing all kinds of things. He, nothing is happening. But he puts his hand right in front of it. And he pulls the trigger. And now he's got a round through his hand. I mean, come on. And so, you know, if you treated every gun like it was loaded, if you aimed every gun down range, that would have never happened. But, I mean, how true are, are those kinds of things? And so, if not only if we could start doing and putting those habits in place but if we can start teaching our kids and we can start teaching the people around us some of those things especially when it comes to you know when you're when you're at a situation where you realize that maybe you're doing it every single day like maybe like getting in the car and driving and you get in it every single day and it just it seems like clockwork and everything works just fine. But there might be that one time where things are, go crazy. And so, you know, being prepared, doing the things that you know you should do to minimize risk as much as possible. So I really uh, I do appreciate this article. And it's one of those things that we should always, always definitely keep in mind. Uh, go check it out. There's some comments here that you might uh, want to check out and uh, you know just a, a good article at beans bullets bandages in you.com uh, it's always good stuff over there all right so let's go ahead and move on to our next article our next article comes to us from timgamble.com and the title of the article is prepping with a chronic illness impacts and adjustments and I know that this is I'm really glad Tim wrote this article this is a, a topic that is very needed uh, in the preparedness community, we need to talk a little bit more about 
um, disabilities and illnesses and how you how you prep along those lines because you can go get that information online but uh, you know talking about how to prep that's a different story when you're when you're talking about uh, disabilities and illnesses and things like that so I'm really grateful for his article and uh, I'm looking forward to to more like this in really out there in the preparedness community I think we do need to have more so let's go ahead and look into this one here, uh, Prepping with Chronic Illnesses, Impacts and Adjustments. Prepping with a chronic illness has its own set of unique challenges as I have learned the hard way over the last two and a half years. In 2015, I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes as well as severe diabetic renopathy for which I have so far received 20 injections in my right eye and 17 in my left plus three laser surgeries to seal leaking capillaries in my retinas. The purpose of this article isn't to talk about those health aspects. For that, see my 2015 article dealing with type 2 diabetes, but rather to examine how chronic illness impacts prepping. When it comes to prepping and other aspects of my life, my chronic illness impacts me in four main ways. Number one is time. Dealing with a chronic illness consumes a lot of time. Medical appointments when you add in travel time and waiting room time can easily take up half a day or more. And with chronic illnesses, you have a lot of appointments. Proper time management and defining and following priorities is essential. The second thing is money. Dealing with a chronic illness consumer consumes a lot of money, even if you have insurance. And it is not just the money you shell out to the doctors or pharmacists, but you will likely have the expense of special foods, vitamins, or other supplies. For example, with my almost monthly eye injections, I go through about $20 worth of over-the-counter eye drops every month. Money is an issue for most people, but with the added expenses of a chronic illness, budgeting, planning, and careful shopping, use lists, compare prices, use coupons, avoid impulse purchases, etc. is crucial. Please read my article, Prepping 101 Finances, Get Back to the Basics. Number three, energy and mental attitude. Dealing with a chronic illness is hugely distracting and takes your focus off of other aspects of your life, including your preps. Not to mention that the illness itself is likely zapping you off of the energy you used to have. It can also cause worry, anxiety, and even depression. Try to stay upbeat. Lean on your relationships with God and your family. Don't be afraid to ask for help. See my article, Prepper's Guide to Mental Health and Emotional Preparedness. Number four, lifestyle changes. Dealing with a chronic illness typically requires making major lifestyle changes, such as changes in diet or physical activity, which must be reflected in your preps. You may also need to take into account specific medications and medical supplies related to your illness. You may be interested in my article, Special Needs Prepping. So adjustments to prepping required. There are many types of chronic illnesses and even the same type of illness shared by two people may affect each one differently. You'll have to figure out for yourself how your illness affects you and what adjustments you'll need to make for yourself. To help you get started thinking through these issues in your life, here is the adjustments I have made in my life and preps. Number one, a new emphasis on health and fitness. Over the last two years, I've made major changes to my diet and lifestyle aimed at rebuilding my health and improving my fitness. Health and fitness is no longer an afterthought in my preparations, but it now is now a major foundation of my preparedness activities. Daily exercise is a must, and eating healthy is the goal of every meal and snack. 
This means that I have done a lot of research on what constitutes a healthy diet and lifestyle, especially for me as a diabetic. I've kept an extensive food and health journal recording how individual foods, food combinations, exercise, and sleep affect my blood sugar, blood pressure, weight, and energy levels. Most importantly, I've put into practice what I have learned. Number two, changes in food storage. I've learned that my body cannot handle grains, even supposedly quote-unquote healthy grains like whole wheat bread, brown rice, and oatmeal. Even a small serving of these quote-unquote healthy grains causes huge spikes in my blood sugar. The problem, storing large quantities of grains, pasta, flour, and sugar as part of your food supplies is a proper mainstay. But I can't eat bread, pasta, cereal, or sweets. Potatoes are another food that plays havoc with my blood sugar. So scratch dried and instant potatoes off my list of foods to stockpile. What to do? I have to store more of the foods I can't eat. Luckily, beans have only a mild effect on my blood sugar. So I've been stocking up on those both dried and in cans. But I have to watch the canned beans to avoid those that have a lot of added sugar. I've also been stocking up on other canned veggies such as tomatoes, peas, carrots, spinach, and other greens, and sauerkraut. Fermented foods are very good for diabetics. But again, I have to pay attention to the ingredients because many brands include lots of added sugar. I'm also increasing the amount of my canned meats, such as chicken, turkey, tuna, and salmon. Meats have no negative impact on blood sugar as long as there's no added sugar, of course. I don't use sugar anymore. I either eliminate sugar from recipes altogether or use stevia or small quantities of fruit or honey as a sweetener. So I've been stocking up on stevia and honey instead of sugar. Number three, stockpiling medicine and medical supplies. Fortunately, I am not on insulin, but do take a pill for my diabetes twice a day. Initially, I was prescribed a 30-day supply, but I talked to my doctor and got him to change it to a 90-day supply. You can talk to your doctor about prescribing a larger quantity of your medications. I also, also, I've stocked up on several extra months worth of blood test supplies, test strips, lancets, and alcohol prep pads. I've included a separate blood sugar test kit in my survival pack or bob with an extra test meter, test strips, lancets, and alcohol pads. Number four, some other adjustments. My distance vision relatively, is relatively normal, but I still need strong reading glasses to read. I've stocked up on reading glasses, buying a dozen over-the-shelf pair in the magnification I currently use. I've also purchased a few large magnifying glasses. In addition to keeping a pair of reading glasses on me at all times, now part of my EDC, I also have extras at my desk, in my vehicles, and in my survival pack or box. The treatments to restore my eyes are slowly working, but have left my eyes extremely sensitive to bright light. I cannot go outside to drive without sunglasses, and will sometimes wear sunglasses indoors if it is very bright inside. So I've stockpiled lots of extra sunglasses. I have extras at home in my vehicles and in my survival packs. Although I don't need large print books, as the reading glasses work just fine, I decided to purchase a large print Bible just in case I need it later on. I might look into getting large print editions of a few other books too for the same reason. I've also developed a new appreciation for audiobooks of interest. These are the three main books I use in dealing with my diabetes, two of which were recommended by my doctor. And I'm going to go ahead and read these because I know that 
prepping and diabetes is a big, big deal. I mean, there's a lot of people out there who, who have diabetes, who are on insulin and they're like, you know, they're, they're wanting to know what's, what's going to happen. Right. And they've, maybe they've read, uh, you know, one second after. And, uh, you know, that, that story is just heart wrenching for anyone who has diabetes or has family members who has diabetes. And so it's like, you know, what can I do? There's got to be something to do. And luckily Tim is managing, is able to manage it without insulin. That's great. And uh, so he he has uh, a couple of book recommendations. So when I was, uh, you know, looking over this article for the podcast, I was reading and I actually went to uh, Amazon to look some of these up. And they, you know, even if you're not, even if you don't have diabetes, even if you're not, you know, looking at it from that point of view, uh, if you just want to be, you know, you want to look at your health and, and maybe change some of your habits, especially going into 2018, some of these books might be interesting for you. So let me go ahead and read these. Of all the books I've read so far, the best and most useful is 60 Ways to Lower Your Blood Sugar by Dennis Pollock. Pollock's book is an aggressive plan to control your blood sugar by bringing together the best of traditional and alternative medicine. What I appreciate about Pollock's approach is that it is based on solid science, even the alternative aspects, and is not some hippy-dippy book that rejects science. Avoid those. Also, his ideas are easy to follow. My doctor recommended the book Life Without Bread by Dr. Christian B. Allen and Dr. Wolfgang Lutz. This book presents a low-carb carbohydrate diet, but one not as severe as the Atkins diet, as the best healthy diet for everyone, especially people dealing with high blood sugar. Right now, based on my own experience and everything else I've read, I think they are right about their low-carbohydrate diet. And my doctor also suggested I try the cookbook Paleo Comfort Foods. Since the paleo diet avoids both grains and potatoes, most of the recipes in the cookbook are diabetic friendly. Although you may you may have to substitute stevia for regular sugar in a few of them. I actually use this cookbook often. My doctor has told me that he and his family follow a mostly paleo diet. All right, so there's four comments here and I think it's it's important again a lot of people are concerned about diabetes, right? And uh, not only diabetes, but there's a lot of other concerns just health-wise. There's a lot of people out there, the you know, getting getting older. Uh, I can't remember who I was listening to. Uh, maybe it was John Haller's uh, Prophecy Update, and you can find that on Ed That Matters, uh, the current events and prophecy updates. Talked about China. That uh, you know, in China, they sell more diapers for adults than they sell for little kids because the 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 population is aging so much so you have people who are in their 90s and really they they can't be taken care of because their kids are in their 70s and they're you know you they can't really take care of a you know a 70 year old is not going to be able to carry around and 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 lift you know uh, someone you know that's 90 years old i mean you know they're 70 years old and and things and so um the population is getting older there's you know and that's not just in china but it's also here in in america as well when i look when i do different things and i look at demographics the the big demographic of people that are looking at my my the material that I'm putting on putting out there are like of 45 and older you know and it's usually men I know that there's a lot of women women who listen to the podcast and and women who uh, you know come to Prepper website and and interact on on social media and all those kinds of things 
but what I see from the analytics that I get, the, the biggest number of people are those men who are 45 and, and older. And so there, I know that that is a big deal. Just talking with people in, uh, throughout the years from, from Prepper website and, and reading comments uh, on articles that I have written on, hey, what is your biggest need? And, you know, those kinds of things. You know, pr- uh, preparedness for people who have disabilities and people f- who are older, I mean, that is one of the big things. And so I appreciate, like I said, I appreciate Tim writing the, writing this article. And I think uh, hopefully he writes more and uh, maybe can approach from, you know, different things or whatever. But uh, I really do uh, hope that you go and check this one out. And I hope that if anybody else is out there who writes articles is listening, or maybe you just have the ability to write and you're older and you, you know, you have some insight into prepping with disabilities or prepping with, with, uh, you know, with illnesses or whatever, you know, and you want to write an article and you don't have a place to put it, just send it to me and I can put it on Ed the Matters and then I'll link it on Prepper website and then read it on the, on here on the, uh, on the podcast because I think that uh, this is just it's it's information that is is greatly greatly needed out there and it it might not you might not be you I mean you might not be the one who has a disability or has an illness you might have parents you know if you're 45 and in between 45 and 60 you might be good but you might have parents who are older and you're taking care of them or you have to you prepare for them and and how are you going to do it you might be at a loss of how to do that and I think that you know that having that kind of information people putting that out there uh people who are learning kind of like what tim said he had to learn this stuff uh you know in the last two and a half years um you know you have some ideas and some insights man just please share those things i think that's that's really great and so um go check out this article he has a lot of links here that you can go and uh, that would be very interesting that you uh, you would want to go check out and that's over at timgamble.com and the article is prepping with a chronic with a chronic illness impacts and adjustments and like always i link to every article that i read uh in the show notes and so you can very quickly go over there just go to your the show notes and and uh, it'll get you there all right so because this is the thursday podcast i do read uh, a scenario from the the card game conflicted and so this uh, this scenario is a little bit different than some of the other scenarios that i have written before in the past and let me tell you i think a lot of people are enjoying at least thinking critically about about these scenarios and then coming and dropping uh their comments and and let me i've had some really long comments i mean i've had comments before is like no this is stupid or no this would never happen or whatever but man there are some people that you know some of these are like really setting you know setting some some things off for them and so they they come and they're putting putting together a long comment and uh, very, very interesting. So definitely go over to Ed that matters and check, check it out. And, and uh, again, if you, by listening to the scenario, it might be really easy to just say, Oh, well I would do this, this, and this really think it through. Try to look at it from all different perspectives. And again, like I said, this one right here is a little bit different than the typical scenarios that I've been reading. So this one, I think um, we might have a little bit more comments than, than ever on this one. So let's go ahead and read this one. I've titled this one conflicted new government laws. What would you do? So here we go. Due to world war three, the infrastructure of society has gone back to a level not seen since the 1800s. Your help is requested in forming the new government and you can change or implement five laws as you see fit. 
what would these laws be and why? So let me read that one more time. Yeah, so you don't have to, just in case you want to listen to it again, you don't have to re- uh, rewind or repeat. Um, here we go. Due to World War III, the infrastructure of society has gone back to levels not seen since the 1800s. Your help is requested in forming the new government, and you can change or implement five laws as you see fit. What would these laws be and why? All right, so I also have, a, if you go over to Ed That Matters, I do have a link uh, to an article that I put together years ago called Be Anti-Government, Teach the U.S. Constitution. And there's just some resources to, uh, to, of the, U- the U.S. Constitution and get to, get to know and, and learn the U.S. Constitution. I think are, are, uh, it, it was really uh, fit this one, this scenario, so I decided to include that in that one. So you can go check that out. So uh, again, it conflicted. You can you know think about the scenario and you can think it through in your head. What five laws would you implement or you know rescind or, or implement or whatever? What would you do? And uh, if you feel like you want to share that out, come over to Ed That Matters and drop it in the comment section there. And uh, you know I get a little alert if you've never done it before, and then I approve you and you're you're good to go there. All right, guys. So uh, that's it for episode 217 uh we're gonna have one more episode of course one more episode for the week the friday podcast and uh we'll put that out there and that's going to be the last podcast for the year and so i'm gonna you know i'll talk a little bit about that one don't miss uh tomorrow's podcast i'm going to be you know just talking a little bit about where we've come uh from you know starting the podcast That'll be episode 218 uh, since we started in February and then, you know, going into 2018 and and going from there. So uh, I'm looking forward to that one. Um, You know, so if you uh, if you if you're listening to this one, make sure you download 28 or (laughs) episode 218 uh, tomorrow when it comes out. Uh, That's uh, it'll it'll be one uh, the last one for the for the year. All right. So, uh, hey, guys, I appreciate you so much again for your loyalty and listening to the Prepper Website podcast. This year has really been a a blessed year. I have met so many or had contact with people, so many more people than I've had on, you know, just with my communication on Prepper Website. And so I am very grateful for all of you. Very grateful for those of you who are loyal and listen to uh, every podcast. That's just that's just amazing, and uh, I'd love for you to come over to uh, over to the the Prepper website Facebook group so that we can you know uh, hang out there or just send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, you know, I got another email today, and uh, you know, it just it just makes you feel really good. You know, and, and this person is kind of close to where I'm at. So we might get together for coffee one day. I don't know. We, you know we'll see. We'll see how that all goes. But uh, you know, I just I, I'd love to hear from you and love to know if you know the podcast is you know meeting that preparedness need for you. I know I've heard from a lot of you, but uh, you know if there's if there's feedback back there that you can give me, I I appreciate it. I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to uh, to become better at this. Uh, Sometimes even even to the point where it's uh, I'm maybe spending even more time than I, I really thought I would be doing at night, uh, going back and editing some of the some of the podcasts. But uh, I'm really enjoying it. But I do want to try to be do the best that I can, but also at the same time make sure I'm maintaining my san- my sanity right and uh, and doing this five uh, five nights a week. 
or five days out of the week and starting on Sunday night. So uh, anyway, yeah, I appreciate, you know, when I when I hear back from you and get some feedback or just connect. And so you can connect with me on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Uh, you can also send me an email, have the email address on the Prepper website podcast dot com on the sidebar over there. And you can send me an email or drop a comment in episode 217. I'd, uh, you know, like I said, I, I'm grateful for all of you who take the time to to get in contact with me. So, guys, uh, with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.